Hey, thank you for checking in to Olivet's worship service this Sunday, March 29th, 2020. We're blessed and honored to have you with us. I just want to invite you, uh, wherever you are, to do a couple of things. One is uh, to possibly consider uh, having a watch party, texting some friends and asking them to join you. It doesn't matter where they are, you can still join. I invite you to respond by texting back and forth and letting us know um, what God is doing in your life. When we pray, we invite you to pray with us. Agree in prayer, speak separately. You pray as much as you want. I invite you when we sing, especially, to risk looking embarrassing and, and just worship with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's begin, if we can, by, by just focusing on who God says that we are. Let's focus on our identity in Christ. Shall we do that? Worship with us. Yeah. 
from the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verses 1 through 8, we hear these words. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. This is the very word of God. Thanks be to God.
keeps his covenants. Amen. Amen. From the very beginning, God has entered into relationship with his creation, with his people. And he, and he signified that by, by making covenants together, mutual agreements between one party and God. Saying, if, if you do this, I will be your God and you will be my people. One of the first ones was with Abraham. Do you remember that? God made incredible promises to Abraham while he had yet no children, that his, his children would be as plentiful as the sands on the seashore, the stars in the sky. Well, today we're going to talk more about covenants now, not with Abraham, but with Moses on the mountain. And I want to suggest to you that as God delivered his people, as he saved them, and then as we saw in the last couple of weeks, he took them on this journey through the wilderness to, to grow them into his people. But that all culminated on Mount Sinai with, with the covenant of God between him and his people. It's like unto a marriage, right? Marriage, marriage isn't about uh, our happiness, as many have said. Marriage is about our hope. And God presented to himself on that amazing mountain a people, his people. And he presented himself in, in glory and holiness to them. So, so here's the question. Because of the covenant with Abraham, because of the Mosaic covenant, where does that leave us? Well, you and me, as we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, are children of that same covenant. We are blessed. We, we, like the people of God, are called to be his representation to the world. We, no matter what illnesses we face or challenges before us, we are healed in Jesus' name. Join with us, would you? I am blessed, I am called, I am 
Uh, thanks again for joining us here this morning. We're blessed and honored to be able to open God's word together. And trust that his word is uh, greater than our circumstances. And as we open his written word, that uh, God will reveal his living word, Jesus Christ. Pray with me again, would you? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it never returns to you void. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take the spoken word and you translate it into exactly what each of us needs. So speak. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been studying together Exodus. We've been believing that um, God does miracles in moments possibly moments like this morning, but also in movements as we join with saints across the ages who have trusted God and respond to his word. So open your Bibles again, would you, to Exodus chapter 19. Our second passage is 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 through 10. And let's just uh, invite God to speak to us as we open his word. We've been studying Exodus now. Well, we actually began several months ago. Uh, when we looked at how God heard the cry of his people and, and how he raised up and equipped a leader to respond, how despite um, that leader Moses' circumstances, he was able to prove God's glory before the Egyptians and deliver his people from bondage. And we saw especially that, that, that um, God saved his people and he literally did it in, in Exodus through the, the waters of the Red Sea. And, and we ourselves, who now two millennia, three millennia later, are, um, are trusting God in the same way, are delivered as well. We have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. What we've been saying the last couple of weeks isn't about being saved. It is about being changed being transformed into the image of Jesus, being prepared for God's purposes. So uh, today we go back to Exodus 19 and, and we hear um, God's first words to his people. Now keep in mind that probably at least 60 days has gone by since they were delivered from the uh, power of the Egyptians. And they have been put through uh, many trials and tests. We saw early on that in Exodus chapter 15 that the whole body of uh, people went through three days without water and then were miraculously delivered. We saw how God allowed them to hunger and then miraculously provided. We saw how after nearly um, two months they wearied and God said, I've made a provision for you. I want you to rest on my Sabbath. So here they finally arrive now at Mount Sinai. I'd really invite you to explore a little bit about this wilderness of Sinai. You see um, the Hebrew word sin, which from which we probably get the word Sinai, was a word that meant a thorn bush. Very likely what God has done was brought two million people to the same place where he intimately met with one, to that place on the mountain where Moses first encountered 
the living God in that burning bush. Now the people are camped at the foot of the mountain and God invites Moses, his servant, to come up and to receive the words that God wants to say to his people. Did you hear them earlier as, as Beth read them? I want to suggest to you that you can look at this passage in terms of three parts. You can look at this passage in terms of what God did. You can look at this passage in terms of how he wanted his people to respond. And you can look at this passage in terms of a new identity that he gives his people as a result. But what, what does God's word say that he did? Did you hear it there in Exodus 19? You yourselves, God said, have seen what I did to the Egyptians, the people that were oppressing him, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. God wanted them to know that even in the midst of the oppression of the Egyptians, he still, remember, hears their cry. He sees their circumstance. His heart responds to his people's needs. For some of you, that's a word for you today. God hears your cry. He sees your circumstance. And he is and has already responded to your needs. But knowing what God did then at the foot of this mountain, God invites them to respond. So he says, he continues in verse five. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my treasured possession among all the people. So God says, this, this is a covenant relationship that I want to have with you. It's the same language that the scriptures use of marriage. Think back to your covenant relationships. For many, when we stood with our, with our fiance before the altar, we declared not only our love, but also the terms of our commitment to one another. Do you remember? I will love you and cherish you in sickness and in health, in poverty and in riches. You see, even... 3,000 years later, we still understand covenants. We still understand that for a relationship to exist, there have to be terms under which we mutually agree. And God says, I want you to hear my voice. And it's that Shema word. I want you to not only hear with your ears, but put it into practice. I want you to obey my voice. And I want you to keep the covenant. Let me press pause for a second and, and say, we know the backstory, don't we? Uh, in just a few days, the people would break the covenant that they're making even before God at this moment. But that's what I love about God, is that he always invites us back. No matter how many times we've fallen short, no matter how many times we've intentionally broken the promises we've made with God, he invites us back to be in covenant relationship with him. So, so God reminds us that, that I delivered you, I, 
I provided for your needs. I, I invite you to respond to my word, to enter into covenant relationship with me. But then he also declares a new identity. And, and for many of us, it's hard to put these words in perspective. But he says, you will be for me a treasured possession, a treasured possession. This week has been a crazy week for our church family here at Olivet. Long before the COVID virus situation arose, we had made plans to move to a new facility this week and maintaining social distancing, we still were able to move the bulk of uh, our offices and our worship center to a new facility over the last couple of days. But it's been very, very poignant. Even today, as I project this last um, video from our sanctuary, I look out and I, I see faces of people uh, who, whose lives were transformed over these last 26 years, whose, whose families grew up before us. This place, to a certain extent, is a treasured possession. I shared with some of you on Facebook this week that in, in beginning to move furniture in my office, I, I moved a bookshelf and found a treasure trove of old print pictures. Yeah, they still exist. Print pictures from before uh, we had children through the early stages of Karen's and my family growing uh, until pretty recently even with grandkids and, and extended family now added. And, and I, was, I was just overwhelmed. Um, those are precious to me. As I packed up books, I remembered um, times where I'd just been blessed in reading them. As I, as I wrapped in bubble wrap, little treasures, little mementos, um, and thought, oh my, each of them has a story. I was, I was moved and touched. As I moved to the new office now, I've got acres of blank bookshelves and I'm having to think very carefully, which books will I put on those shelves? Which treasured possessions will I put in places of honor on those bookshelves? Well, the reality is no book or, or possession thing could surpass the infinite value of relationships. Relationships that we as a church family have shared over these last 26 years. Ironically, relationships that have been renewed and reinvigorated in my uh, family of origin as we've been forced to go to Zoom meetings to communicate and to be able to speak with all my sisters at one time in the future with my mom and dad as well at one time on, on the screen. That's precious to be reminded of my own nuclear family and how we cried out to God and he heard our voice and he blessed us with amazing children who love the Lord. He blessed two of them with godly spouses and, and now with, with children to, to reflect uh, their love and his glory. Um, those relationships are so powerful. Doesn't it make sense then that for the living God, relationship 
of us would be important. You see, he created us. He formed us. He knows our every thought, Psalm 139, right? Before we were ever aware, he was moving powerfully in our lives and, and so desires to be in relationship with us. You, he says, have a new identity in covenant relationship. You are my treasured possession, God says. But that identity is, is not just in our salvation or how God feels about us. Moses, or God, speaks through Moses and tells them that, that a part of their identity will be a new purpose as well. It went by so fast and it sounds like such biblical language that it would be really easy to miss. But he says, you will be to me a kingdom of priests, right? In, in Exodus 19, uh, you, will, you will be a, a group of people who have purpose and meaning. What is that? What do priests do? Well, they intercede on behalf of people who don't know God for God. They stand between God and the world that he loves so much. Did you hear that as Beth was reading? All the earth is mine. Can't you imagine that? If even one soul is separated from God, then he feels that in his heart. And he loves them so much, he did two things. He gave his only begotten son so that the possibility of relationship might exist again. As we've said so many times, Jesus lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserve so that we could be in relationship with the living God. That's his precious invitation to us. But when you put your trust in Christ, then you become a Christ one, a Christian. You become one whose life and purpose are the same as Jesus. More than that, Christ lives in you and shines through you. And so God wants to use you to touch this world that he desperately loves. He wants you to step into the gap. And in the words of Ezekiel, uh, on behalf of the land, on behalf of the people, God has meaning and purpose for your life. It has been so um, beautiful for Karen and I to see uh, now 2,400 miles from my 86-year-old parents to see neighbors who are feet away from my parents uh, intercede for them, intervene, bring by meals, offer to shop for them. Uh, in this moment of crisis, they are intervening for my parents and, and it blesses me so much. Again, I have to imagine that for God, that it blesses him when he sees his children interceding. How can we do that? Well, you might not have been following us at the time, but we have recently completed a month where we prayed for the city, where, where we began with the most important intercessory act of prayer and cried out, especially for our immediate neighbors, but we cried out that God would reveal himself for our city. Prayer is your first option, your first place, your first choice. But, but action is powerful as well as my parents' neighbors have intervened. You can physically intercede 
as well. I'm not asking you to do something that puts your life in danger, but there's so many ways that we can care for one another creatively during this crisis. I want to just mention to you um, that our city is again uniting as we as we seek to provide for our neighbors as well. We've created a website here in Evansville area called Need a Neighbor, needaneighbor.org, where people can go and make known their needs and, and where other people can go and find out those needs and right online sign up to meet those needs. Needaneighbor.org. There's creative ways that you can engage and intercede for one another. Their identity was transformed. They became God's treasured possession. They, they were given this meaning and purpose of, of interceding for the world on behalf of God, of reconciling the world to himself, as the Apostle Paul would say later. That third identity is important. They became, now your Bible says, a holy nation. But we understand that we're not referring to political entities. We're talking about a new thing. Uh, Peter uses the word a chosen race. He doesn't mean the color of your skin or your genetic identity. He means this new people group called the called out ones, the ecclesia, the church, that God is creating a new thing that is, is going to be his instrument in the world, and it's called the church. Not all of that church, not even Evansville Church, but, but the capital C Church of Jesus Christ. And it transcends tongue. It transcends skin color. It transcends geography. God is creating a whole new entity of people who will be his representation on the earth. And so he is inviting you into that identity like a husband and a wife standing before the altar and making their vows together now in this miracle that we can barely wrap our brains around, become this new entity, this, this new thing, this marriage. So God is inviting his church to join him in this covenant ceremony and and to forever be united to him. Oh, beloved, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in these circumstances? You can hunker down. You can hide and wait for it to pass and trust that the next thing won't be as scary or it won't be as anxiety-producing or it won't be as dangerous. All I know is that God is sovereign and he cares for you. He's heard your cry and he has brought you through the storm. He has brought you through the flood. He has brought you through the disease to the very place that he dwells and has invited you to forever join him there. How do I know? How do I know that this is possible? Because I've seen it in Jesus. 
you open the Gospels, you see someone fully engaged, I didn't mean to use that word, but fully in covenant relationship with the living God, responding to his every word. Yes, suffering. Yes, suffering is not excluded from this. And, and many of you are suffering, and many of us will suffer. But praise God, he's going to take us through this valley, right? He's going to take us through this trial. There is life and light on the other side. So trust him, would you? Risk believing that his word is true. Risk believing that Christ's sacrifice was sufficient for you so that you could be in living relationship with him. And then believe also that everyone you lay eyes on is important to him. They are his, and you might be God's instrument in reaching them. Now pray with me, would you? God, thank you again for your word. Thank you that um, you created us with hunger and thirst and desire and need. God, because I'm thanking you for that because ultimately it brings us to the only one that could satisfy those needs. It brings us to our Savior, Jesus Christ. So God, we confess we need him. We need Jesus. And then God, we, we agree with you that we will partner so long as you give us breath with him in sharing that love with the world that so desperately needs it. And we love you, God. And we thank you for your word today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Just a moment, we're gonna close in worship, uh, singing together, mighty to save, and I charge you, sing to your TV, sing to your iPhones, sing to your, your, um, your iPad, uh, risk worshiping God and seeing if he doesn't meet you there. All of that family following the, the closing hymn, if you'd like to stand just for a, a couple of extra minutes, we have some announcements, um, nothing earth shaking, just some, some family things to catch up on afterwards. Love you. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.
challenge that you are facing today. Yes, he can overcome coronavirus. Yes, he can overcome the, the consequences of this virus, the economic, the relational challenges that you're facing. But God is mighty to save. And that God is with us and will never leave us or forsake us. So don't be afraid. Let's, let's not surrender to darkness. Instead, let's choose to shine the light of Christ brightly right here, right now. Peace of Christ be with you. Shine your light, would you? Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. family. Thank you for staying after to catch a couple of other announcements. Um, boy, it's hard, isn't it? Um, not being together, especially for you, if you are um, very much alone, um, know that you're in our thoughts and prayers. Don't hesitate to call any of us, uh, elders, deacons, staff, if you have any needs, we would greatly desire to meet those needs. If you don't have a directory with you, um, you can call our church phone, which is now 812-457-9509, and we will either answer it or get back to you as soon as we can. A couple of announcements. We moved uh, this week. About half of our uh, facility, uh, our offices are now at our new location at Sharing Space with Oak Hill Bible Fellowship, and it's right by the cemetery at... Um, on Oak Hill Road, and you are welcome as soon as you are able to get out and about to, to come visit there. Um, as soon as possible, we will let you know when we will begin worship services again. This is the last, as I said in, this, in the worship time, this is the last time we'll project from this building. Beginning next week, we're going to project from the new facility, and uh, we're going to have the capability of including more of our family in our projection. Uh, probably will still be at least a couple weeks, if not more, before we're able to meet again. But we're looking forward to visiting with you from that new location. And so, um, so pray for us, and then as you're able, uh, contact us with any special needs that you might have. I wanted to say next week, we're gonna have um, communion together. And I've never done this, and we don't exactly know how we're gonna do it, but we are, going to invite you to prepare by um, hiding some bread and finding some juice and keeping them set apart uh, for our time together next week and invite you to have those available when we worship together next week online and we will share communion together in our um, individual locations. I wanted to say I'm so grateful to, to all those who've helped uh, in this transition and there are an amazing number of uh, jobs still to be done. Uh, if you'd like to help out, please let Kristen know. You can call her at the number I gave you. Our, we can still take messages at our current phone number, but we are our offices are moved to the new location. So we'll only be able to check them once or twice a day. I uh, wanted to say uh, thank you so much for those of you who've been faithfully giving uh, both by mail 
and online. I uh, got a question today, can I still send it to our existing address? Yes, we'll put our new address in the bulletin. You can send to either address for the next month and it will get to us. But we also wanna just invite you um, uh, that you can give online as well at our website, olivetcommunity.com. And we are just so grateful for your, um, for your generosity and your faithfulness in these challenging times. Mentioned during the thing about the neededneighbor.org. Check that out, even if you don't sign up for anything, just to see it. But also I'm asking for two or three people who might be willing to be coordinators for us, who will give you special access to the site so that you can um, respond and know um, uh, Olivet people's needs in particular, and also Olivet people who are able to serve. So if you'd like to help us with that, you're comfortable online, then uh, please let Kristen or I know. He, um, these are challenging times, but know that you're not alone. We are a phone call away. Our new directory has everybody's cell phones in them. You can call us directly, and uh, we are one phone call away from providing for your needs. Be safe, be confident, be faithful, and believe. Jesus Christ, who led us to this challenge, will lead us through it. God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you online or next week. Bye-bye.